Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view For the one who knows all things, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, you know the one you never knew. While you have breath, you have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe. On the risen Christ. Amen. You can find peace in Him from the judgment that's to come. He is the shelter from the coming storm. shakes at the mention of his name he has power over life and death every knee will bow and tongue confess heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father will you bow will you to his majesty he can save you from the might of all your sin this is the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come From the coming storm While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ can find peace in him from the judgment that's to come. He is a shelter from the coming storm. the only shelter from the coming storm.
Please, Lord Jesus, shelter me under your blood. Lord, please shelter me under your blood. I know your blood is the only safe place. It's the only place where we will not be condemned for our sin. Where we're made clean and fresh. Where we're changed into righteous men and women. Where your peace is in our hearts. When no matter what the circumstances of life looks like, our trust is in you. Lord, your blood, your blood, shelter me under that precious blood shed on Calvary. I know it is your love and your compassion and your mercy. Lord, make it real today for us. Lord, there are some today in very difficult situations, but they're crying out to people, not to you, because they don't believe you'll really answer them. Lord, come today. Shelter each one who's listening right now under your precious blood. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your holy name. Amen. It's a very difficult and controversial question in the church today. Oh, everyone would say immediately, yes, God answers prayer. He answers yes, no, and maybe. That's, of course, nonsense. That's man's made-up way of giving God a, an out. So you really don't have to go to the wire with God. I remember my late wife and I moved to Moreno Valley, California to open a new church. Did the Lord send us? No. We were just tired of the Washington deadlock we wanted to go somewhere where we thought it would be easier to do the work of the gospel and so we moved to Moreno Valley California with a lot of money promised from people who we trusted we went to Moreno Valley rented a house rented a church office and began the process of opening a new church and the Lord slammed it. He closed it. He very quickly caused the people who were donating the money to have crisis in their lives so that they could not donate that money. And I was so angry. Here I am trying to do something for God. Did God tell you to do it, Ray? Well, no. We don't wait for God to speak. We just go ahead and do what we think is best. Wrong. So I finally did the only thing I could do. I had done this one other time. And God had answered after a year of prayer. But in this case, I knew I didn't have a year. The electricity was being cut off. The utilities were being cut off. We, we had no money. We had no money. I went and talked with one church planter. He said to me with a raw smile on his face, Pastor Ray, go get the money or die. Oh, oh really? $50,000. Where was I going to find $50,000? I had no way of getting it. 
I had nothing. And when I finally came down to nothing, I said, well, I'm not working. I'm not pastoring. What I'm going to do is go upstairs in the bedroom, in a guest bedroom that had no furniture in it. I'm going to lay on the floor before God and I'm going to cry out to him. And if he doesn't answer, I have no other, I have no other avenue. I have nothing physically I can do. I had, my wife had gotten a job with the president of the Orange County Medical Society. And in the process, she discovered he was an occult, an occultist a witch, into witchcraft. The demons had told him, this is the woman, hire her. And so he hired her for the Anaheim Community Hospital to direct their wellness center. I tried opening a new business. I used the last money I had on a credit card. And the week after we finally released it, the company went belly up because it was discovered the president of that company, a financial services company, was embezzling all of the money, including my money. I was at an absolute dead end. And so I went up and I laid on the floor before the Lord and things became more and more dire. By the way, you're listening to Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. This is not going to be a comfortable message today because I'm going to be real honest about where I'm at. Literally where I'm at. Physically. So I lay on the floor and I prayed. I finally came to the other end. Woke up on a Saturday morning. I broke. All I could do was weep. We had already used the ketchup and made tomato soup. We had no, no food in the house, literally. There was no food. Every morsel of food had been eaten and we had no money. And I finally broke. And I wept before the Lord. My wife very kindly said, Ray, why don't you get a bath? You'll feel better. So, with her help, I got into the bathtub, weeping, broken, wailing. I was at the end. I had tried to figure out how I could help my wife get to her parents' place where she could be safe. And all I could imagine was myself walking out into the desert and dying there. In that desperate place, in the bath, I began screaming at God. Lord, I'm dying. I'm dying. Don't you care that I'm dying? And he answered as audibly as you and I are speaking. He answered. And he said, Good. I've been waiting for you to die. And I just exploded with anger. Lord, how can you say that? Look at what I've been through. Look at what I've been doing for you. All I've tried to do is build your kingdom. <laughs> he answered very kindly. You were bought at a price. You are not your own. Well, I climbed right down. And I said very softly, what do you want, Jesus? 
He answered, Will you receive from my hand only what I choose to give you? I didn't have any other offer. I immediately said, Yes, yes. I knew I'd been in the very presence of God. And then I heard him with my ears as he began to walk away, opened a door. And he was gone. Well, what are we going to do? We have no food. I've prayed and the only answer I've gotten is you're not your own. You were bought at a price. Now will you only receive from my hand what I choose to give to you? Yes. That night I knock on our door and a man brought in 16 bags of groceries. We were astonished. When he came to the door, he said, Do you need any food? Yes, we're starving. There's no food in the house. Well, come help me. Sixteen bags jammed with groceries. The next day, a man came by the house. I'd met him at a at a Leeds jewelry store in Palm Springs. We'd talk, we'd become semi-friends. He said, I need to take you to see an attorney. I said, why? I don't need an attorney. Well, will you go with me? Yes. So we went to the attorneys and we sat back in the office and chit-chatted. And then the attorney looked at me and he said, how can I help you, Pastor. I said, I have no idea. I don't know why I'm here. He said, well, do you need money? Yes, desperately. He got up from his big easy chair behind this big desk and he walked over to a safe and he opened it and he took out a briefcase. He opened the briefcase and spread it on the table on his desk. And he said, I bought these 11 years ago. I need to liquidate them, and I've not been successful. I'll give you 15% of everything you can sell. I said, I have no idea what gems are. He said, don't worry. They're all in baggies. They're all identified. The price is given. Go to a gem show. So the next morning, we had enough gas to go a short ways. We headed out of Moreno Valley, but first we had to check and make sure that the repo man was not sitting outside waiting because there was a repo order on our car. We drove to Barstow, California. And in Barstow, there was a gem show outside of town, big signs. It was a bright, sunny, warm day. We drove in. I took the briefcase with me. It's a quarter of a million dollars worth of gems, all kinds. 17 carat sapphire that was gorgeous. But I didn't know enough about sapphires to know what it was. Well, the prices were all there and the weight was all there, the carats. And so I went to the largest dealer. He was from Virginia. And I said to him, I have some gems I'd like to sell. Are you interested? He said, absolutely, come by after the, the day when we close down and I'll take a look at them. So I did. 
I went over. He began to sort through them and pull certain gems out. When we were all done, he purchased just over $50,000 worth of gems that day and paid me in cash. The next day, I took the, the money back to the, to the attorney. He was very grateful. He paid me a 15% commission on $50,000, $55,000, somewhere in that range. And suddenly we had enough money to pay all of our, our back bills to catch the car up, to pay the utilities. After we were finished doing all of that, I took the 17-carat sapphire down to La Jolla and put it on commission. I took another smaller stone to Leeds Jewelry Store and put it on commission. And then we went to prayer. And the Lord said very clearly, now go back, go back to Virginia, to Washington. Go back to Washington. That's where I called you. That's where I want you. Well, my wife said, Ray, we've done Washington. Let's not go back there. I said, I'm sorry. God told me I had to go back there. She said, well, God's going to have to work some miracles for that, to, for that to happen. She was submissive to the Lord. And yes, we did go back to Washington. We did go back. And the Lord led us. I could tell you many stories of how he, he led us, finally leading us after five years of being with a family homeless as their roommates, even though they were not Christian and they would not accept any pay. They just sheltered us for five years. And we spent that five years reading the scripture and praying. And God gave us enough money. One family down in Dumfries, they sent us $300 every month and we did not ask them. And God used them to carry us. We bought the groceries for the family. We cleaned their house. We took care of them like two servants. And the rest of the time we spent with Jesus. Well, then the Lord led us to David Wilkerson and sovereignly combined our heart with his and he became my father in the faith. He would often call us and say, Ray, please come to New York City this weekend. I need to see you. We need to pray. And he'd say, at the Holiday Inn just behind our church, I've reserved a room for you and parking for you. And I'd go, and sure enough, there would be a room reserved for the weekend for us, already paid for. The Lord has wonderfully carried me. Now, the part I don't want to share with you, but I will, is that several times on this journey, I reached out for what I thought I needed, that God was not moving on and he was not providing. And so I reached out and took what I thought I had to have. Remember the deal with God? I would only receive from his hand what he chose to give me. 
I broke that covenant on several occasions, and the, and the price was horrible. The financial price, the personal price, the damage to the body of Christ. I'm ashamed of what I'm saying. But the Lord received me back under stern discipline. God's discipline is stern. And then some time ago, the Lord spoke to me audibly. He said to me, wait upon the Lord. It was a command. Wait upon the Lord. There was a pause. And he said, the Lord will carry you through. Pause. And he said, Ray, first time he ever used my personal name. Ray, enter my rest. Well, to me, those were very serious words. I didn't know what they would mean. I knew I was going to wait on the Lord that I would never again reach out for what I chose and what I wanted. The penalty for that had been too high and too painful, and it broke my heart that I disappointed Jesus, and I created distance between us, and it took time and prayer to reestablish And then the promise, the Lord will carry you through. Well, what's that mean? The Lord's going to carry you through. It's just plain English. And then five weeks ago, I fell down the stairs. Maybe four and a half weeks ago, coming on five weeks, I'm not sure. And I fell. Now, I'm not a doctor. All I can tell you is that my right leg will not bear any weight that I've spent the last four and a half to five weeks in great pain and suffering. And I know from some background with others that I will not survive this fall if God does not do what he has promised me he would do. I will wait upon the Lord. Well, did you go to the doctor, Ray? No, I went to Jesus. Well, go to the doctor. No, I have a very specific command. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. What is there not to understand about that? Well, you're going to die, Ray, if you don't go to the doctor. You've had bloody noses in the morning this week. You've had an increase of pain. You have some other signs, feet swelling. What's not to understand, Ray, go to a doctor or you're going to die. Well, can I tell you, I'm putting myself totally in the hands of Jesus Christ. Jesus has spoken with me on a number of occasions. And he's been very specific in those conversations, in audible conversation. He is short on words and very direct on commands. Some of you have never heard the Lord speak except some impression in your heart. That's okay, I'm not condemning you. Wait upon the Lord. In pain, 
in sorrow, in anguish. You may die. Okay. I am going to wait on the Lord. And my wife, precious Twyla, she's literally taking care of me. And she wants to. And she believes, as I do, that these commands from God are meant to be obeyed. The Lord will carry you through. Ray, enter my rest. Now, I want you to... Some of you have not walked this road. Some of you have. The fight that I'm involved in now is not a fight to come up to faith and believe that God will heal me. No. The fight now is to stay in rest, believing what God has told me, and not doubting him. Walking with him in such a way. And please, please hear me. I love you all so much. And some of you have sent me such beautiful cards and letters. Saying you're praying for my healing. Do I want to be healed? Absolutely. But it's not for me to pray to be healed for on my part that would show a lack of faith see faith moves from crying out to God about a situation until finally you hear from God and then it's a matter of obeying God and doing exactly what he's told you to do now, most will not go through this painful process of praying and waiting on God. Does that assure me that I'm going to be healed? No. Going to a doctor will not assure me that I'm going to be healed. Waiting on God assures me that I will be healed. Do you understand what I'm saying? I serve a God who shows up in time and space and history. I serve a God who is not yes and no. Now, am I miserable? Yes. Many places in my body hurt. Is that okay? Of course. Does that mean God won't heal me? No. No. God will heal me. And part of what I'm doing today is making a mark in the sand telling you that if my body continues with the agony and the pain, continues with the bleeding, continues with the associated destruction of my body, I'm telling you that, yes, I will die. So I'm drawing a marker in the sand. I've told the Lord, I will wait upon you. And if I die, I'll die still waiting on you. He told me, wait upon the Lord. Well, the Lord would not say that if he intended to not come and do something. 
when he says the Lord will carry you through, he does not say what anguish and pain and suffering you'll go through between the event and the healing. I serve a God who is a healer. The scriptures are full of promises of God's healing. Then why do so many just run to the doctor and take the surgery and take this and take that? Why? Well, because for some it's easier to put their confidence in men and not in God. But I've come to a point in my life where it's easier to put my confidence in my Lord and my Savior because I know Him. I know how He operates. I know how He tests us. I know the, the fire we must pass through to be changed and cleansed and made whole. I've been praying, Lord, through this whole process, would you totally change me? Would you make me a fully righteous and holy man? Would you take from me every foolishness of this world and of the flesh? And would you make me into a man you can use for the kingdom of God? And Lord, I love you. And no matter what happens, my faith is in you. So I don't need to beg God to heal me. I don't need to stand on all the promises anymore. God has spoken. Now, do I stand on the promises of Scripture? Absolutely. Mark 11, 23 and 24, and many others. 1 John, there are many wonderful promises, and I stand on those promises. But I'm not struggling to come up to faith anymore. I'm there. And I'm going to wait upon the Lord, and I'm going to trust him. And I have entered into his rest. What do I mean? I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I know who he is. I trust him. I'm at ease. I'm at rest in Jesus. And I'm asking him to do all the surgeries necessary in my heart to make me a man of upright, upright purity, upright righteousness, upright holiness, a man who does not love the world, the flesh, or the devil. But I've cast it out. And I'm joyful. So today, in the midst of the anguish and the pain, I'm rejoicing in Jesus. Now, please, let's just be clear. It means I'm housebound. I went out one time yesterday. I drove. It almost killed me. And it's okay. Do you understand what I'm saying to you today? Well, pastor, what if you die? When the, then you'll know that God didn't heal me. You'll know that I should have gone to a doctor. <laughs> no. My eyes are on Jesus. I trust him with my whole heart. He is wonderful. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is my God and my Savior. Why should I turn to another? 
So my prayer is, Lord, please, Lord, shelter me under your blood. That's where I have gone to take shelter. I have gone to the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, I've seen my blood flowing from my nose and my mouth. And I said to my wife, that blood that you're seeing, that's dead blood. It's Jesus' blood that we trust in, and it's not dead, it's alive. Now, most people I know will not go as far as I've gone, and they will not trust Jesus. They'll take all their meds, they'll do everything they possibly can do to comfort their physical bodies. I don't judge them. Pain is not fun, pain hurts. And when you're shut into your house and your wife is bathing you in the morning and your wife is helping you to dress, she chose the shirt. She chose what I was going to wear today because I can't go upstairs to the closet. I'm only downstairs on the couch. Am I going to trust Jesus? Yes. I'd be interested if you have anything you want to say to me on the chat line. Now's your chance. Have at it. I praise God for his kindness to me. I praise God for those of you who are regular listeners. You have been a great source of encouragement and love for my heart. Thank you. To those of you who give so faithfully for this work, this gospel work, thank you. Jesus promised the Lord will carry you through, and I know that means financially as well as physically. I trust what he's doing. (laughs) Well, this has not been an easy broadcast to do. It's been pretty straight. I guess I need to say, do you trust Jesus? Have you laid it all on the line and said, From this day forward, I will only receive from the Lord's hand what he chooses to give me. Meaning I will not go out and get myself anything unless the Lord gives that direction and provides it. I won't go buy a new car. I won't go buy a house. I won't reach out my hand and take anything if it is not given to me by the hand of the Lord. You ready to pray? Are you ready to make that covenant that I've made with God that you will only receive from his hand what he chooses to give you? Will you make that covenant? Let's pray. Almighty God, I'm so grateful that you are a God who speaks to your children, first through the scriptures, and then through the Spirit, and then by words audible words. I'm so grateful, Lord, that you care enough about us to carry us in our pain and that you are the God who heals us. I'm so grateful, Lord, that I can turn to you now 
with these dear brothers and sisters and say, Lord, thank you for the confidence that you will do as you have said you would do. For those who wait upon the Lord, you've said you will carry us through and we will be able to enter into your rest. Lord, I thank you. That brings such joy and relief to my heart. That's why I cried out to you this morning, Lord, please shelter us under your blood. Shelter me, shelter Twyla under your precious blood. For there is forgiveness, there is healing, there is joy everlasting under your precious blood. Thank you, Jesus. I ask, Lord, I ask, Almighty God, that you would see the condition of each person who is listening. I know that some are shut into their homes. They too cannot go. I know too that many are in pain and anguish. And yet the devil has convinced them to turn aside and spend their time looking at the foolishness of our age instead of lifting up your name and focusing on you, Jesus. Lord, I tell you frankly, I am going to focus only on the name of Jesus, for there is only healing in the name that is above all names. I'm not interested in the foolishness of this world, the flesh or the devil. I want you, Jesus. And so you're the one, Jesus, that I look to, that I eagerly work toward, asking that you would cleanse me with your precious blood. Lord, thank you. I want to shout it out, Jesus, thank you. And I ask today, Lord, for healing for my brothers and sisters who've gone as far as they can go with the doctor and the doctor says, I can't do anything more except fill you with pain pills. Lord, I'm asking in your great mercy that you would reach out and touch these precious ones. I'm asking, Lord, that you would heal them that you would restore them, that you would restore their hope. Lord, some listening to this broadcast, their marriage is on the rocks. Their children are going the way of wickedness. Whatever the issue is, Lord, you are a God who answers our prayers. Almighty God, Would you come in power? Would you come in power for your children? And Lord, there are many who do not trust you, for they have no experience of you coming and speaking with them. They have no experience of you delivering them. They don't have a history of answered prayers. So how can they come to the crisis of their very lives and put their trust in you. I'm asking, Lord, that you would bring them into education in the school of the Holy Spirit. I'm asking, Lord, that you would move in power to deliver them. Lord, my life, I may lose my life, but I know I won't. For I know my God. What sense would it make for you to say, wait upon the Lord, and then the Lord not show up? No, that would not make sense. 
What would it mean for you to say, Lord, I will carry you through and then drop me? I know you don't do things like that. You've invited me to enter your rest, cease all worry, all struggle. Just rest in the Lord. Lord, I choose today to rest in you, Jesus. To give way to every promise of the living God and lay aside my fear and my pride. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I will testify to you that Jesus has healed me. You will not hear an announcement on this broadcast that Pastor Ray passed away last night. No. The Lord already has his plan for when and how he's going to restore me and take this brokenness from my body. I stand by faith in Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. And I rest in him. Am I discouraged? Absolutely no. Am I worried? Of course not. Do I know what the outcome is going to be? Yes. Jesus will receive glory and honor and praise. And it will be a great encouragement to many of you to also trust in the way and the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, we're just about out of time. I'd love to hear from you. And I thank you. We've got a delivery from the post office yesterday with five beautiful cards and messages and contributions. You can write to me at Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or you can write to me at my home and at the National Prayer Chapel. I live in the prayer chapel. Ray Greenley, 5009 Softwood Lane, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. The money will go to the same place, to the account, to cover the costs of this radio broadcast. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.